WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It's uh, 824. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me on the program this morning here and uh, joining me on the the show right now. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, an outdoor activity, which uh, uh, this time of year can be, well, actually any time of year can be kind of uh, interesting and uh, certainly uh, something fun uh, that can be shared with the entire family, and that is uh, uh, the uh, activity of foraging. And joining me uh, to talk a little bit about that, uh, oops, let me, there we go, let's uh, let's try that, there we go, uh, to talk a little bit about that uh, is, uh, is Derek Barkheim. Uh, Derek, good morning and welcome to WKTY Outdoors. Thank you for joining me on the program this morning. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, so let's, uh, let's uh, I guess first of all, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, 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 I guess what? Uh, how would you define uh, foraging, and what uh, what exactly is foraging, or how would you define that? Let's uh, let's kind of set that parameter first. Yeah, I guess I would consider it, you know, um, going out and obtaining uh, m- most often food, but you know, it could be fibers for cordage or rope. Um, it could be materials for bow making, et cetera, but, but generally it's going out and gathering plants for food from wild spaces. And would, and, and I, 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 a couple of years, and the reason why I, I had you on today, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to, uh, uh, I've, I've taken a couple of foraging classes in the past, and it's, it's a subject that's always kind of fascinated me uh, to, to be able to go out into uh, the outdoors and it it always kinds of kind of amazes me that uh, there is is so much out there that I mm-hmm. think I think that people don't realize uh, what exactly is out there that uh, is available for for food. I don't mean and, and I, I'm I'm putting it rather maybe simplistically or whatever, but um, I think people would be amazed exactly how much is out there. No, you're. You're spot on with that, and what's crazy is is once you kind of start to get into it, you know, you, you kind of learn one plant here, one plant there, and a lot of times it's, you know, someone picks up a book and they see a plant that they already recognize, you know, uh, whether that's steam nettles or mallow or plantain or dandelion, um, and, then, and then the uh, light bulb goes off, and they're kind of like, oh, hey, I can eat that. <laughs> uh, and then once that happens, it, it's just a snowball effect, Um and and you just start, you know, if you learn, I always kind of say, uh, if you try to learn one one new plant a month and get proficient at, you know, identification and harvest and its seasonality, uh, you know, after a year, you got 12, 12 plants in your uh, arsenal, essentially. Uh, and then year after year, you know, how, how fast time goes, you know, all of a sudden you've got 20, 30, 50 plants that you, that you know well and are able to go out and forage and um, even... Even just in in our own backyards, I mean, um, whether it's you know, especially in kind of these like urban settings, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be tons of options, and a lot of times it's the stuff we consider weeds, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, milkweed or cattail. Um, there's there's just all sorts of stuff, clover, oxalis. Um, it really is never ending. It, true, and and and, and you kind of touched up uh, an interesting point. A lot of people. Uh, you know, uh, sort of consider these things weeds, um, mm-hmm. dandelions. You, you mentioned uh, earlier too, but you know, you know, a dandelion salad. I mean, 
hey, you know, it's actually pretty tasty. It really is. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, especially this time of the year, you go down to your local co-op, you could probably <laughs> probably spend, you know, $10 a pound on some dandelion greens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the complaints about a lot of these wild foods, especially when we're, when we're talking, you know, something like salad greens, um, a lot of times people complain about the bitterness. But it's something that, that I, I noticed and I've, I've uh, heard uh, explained from other people who, who are get, getting into foraging is, that that bitterness not only do you get do you get used to it, but you almost start to crave it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's there's tons out there. Yeah, and and I think the, the the kind of the other perception is too is that you know it's it it really is more than than uh, you know I I think a lot of people too sort of like oh yeah well you you can go out and pick you know find you know blueberries or you know wild mm-hmm. you know you know strawberry or you know strawberries or something along those lines. And, and and certainly i i think maybe the the maybe the best known or you know is is going out and, and hunting for morel mushrooms things along those mm-hmm. lines but really i mean it it's it's amazing how much is is actually out there that uh is is edible for, uh, for you know for that that people can actually eat for sure for sure and and that's a that's a great point too because uh, a lot of people who are maybe like beginner or novice foragers, um, they do tend to kind of uh, start to, like I would say like good entry-level stuff is the greens and the berries and stuff like that. That's kind of what we all quintessentially think of when we think of, you know, foraging. But once you start getting into like the nuts and the roots, you know, not, not now we're talking about stuff that, that could actually like, you know, sustain a diet and mm-hmm. fill your pantry and things that, that are easy to preserve and, um and yeah, like that's really where you start to round out the the calories <laughs> mm-hmm. is is with those nuts and roots and seeds. Yep, it's uh, it, it is. It really is. And you know, and and I think part of the fun is too. And 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 I kind of get that sense from just just the chatting with you as well. Is that it's part of it is 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 just obviously learning about what we have out out in nature too is just learning about the ecosystem learning about the different plants and how they all interact with one another as well and 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 really what's what's out there i mean it's it you know you you look at the you know a forest and you know it's more than just the 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 trees i'm again i'm i'm probably putting it you know kind of simplistically but i mean it's 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 really amazing how much that you know how the Oh, that whole ecosystem is is out there, and and how diverse it it truly is out there. Absolutely, and that's 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 definitely something that I noticed early on in my kind of uh, experience, and and also have heard other people verbalize is a lot of people who don't have a lot of experience with plants, just in general. You know, they go out to a wild space and they just see a wall of green. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of well, that's that's a dock, and that's a fiddlehead fern, and 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 that's a basswood tree. Um, and so every, every new plant you learn and, and kind of add to your repertoire, it, it, it just kind of breaks down that, that barrier of just, oh, this is just big, one big wall of green. Um, and it, and as you do learn more and more and more about foraging, um, it's not just about, you know, kind of what you were alluding to. It's not just about going out and ravaging the land for, right. for food, you know, the vast, vast majority of people who forage are going to be very very ethical and very tied tied to the land um it really uh attaches you to this the, the seasonality of of wild spaces because you know just because you learn plant a 
um, doesn't mean it's always, always going to be ready for harvest, right? And so you kind of have to watch the landscape change from season to season. Um, and it's not just, uh, you know, four seasons. They all kind of blend and merge. And um, it could be also uh, a plant that's ready to harvest uh, this time of year, but because we're on a north-facing slope, maybe it hasn't been getting enough sun. And so that area is going to take a little bit longer to uh, ripen or come into seasonality. So really the more and more you learn about foraging, it really does kind of force you to pay attention <laughs> and like uh, actually watch what's, go, you know, watch what's going on, on around you in nature. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, yeah, and, and you, you, you touched on a, an, an important point, too, that, uh, that I did, did want to, to bring up as well. It's just uh, the, the ethics of it is, is you know, the, of, of, of not over-harvesting, and that's, and that's something uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you, know, uh, you, you talk about in your uh, programs, and, and I'm just going to step back just a little bit as well, that you've got uh, a, a website that uh, uh, you, you have, uh, Seekers Wild, uh, that uh, talks about, uh, you, you've got classes that you teach, uh, programs and, and things along those lines uh, that uh, that people can go to for more information. Um, but again, you know, you touch on the the ethics of it. Uh, you know that you know, obviously responsible foraging and and you know not over harvesting and, and 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 being ethical about what you're doing out in the out in the woods and and uh, you know not you know being responsible really is is, is the bottom line. Definitely, yep. And um, I always try to touch on, on three big things as kind of like an overarching, uh, uh, like you said, more of a mac- macro view of foraging, and that's that's the, the legal aspects, the safety aspects, and the ethical aspects. And the legal is pretty straightforward. You know, different different properties are going to have different rules. Um, you know, state forests are going to be a little bit more relaxed than, say, like a national wildlife refuge. You know, we've got refuges and state parks and wildlife management units and private land. And so it's all kind of this um, uh, uh, quilt of, of different properties. And, and just, just do, you know, do your research, figure out uh, if you can forage there, what you can forage. Um, you know, most state parks are going to be like mushrooms, nuts, and berries, um, but they don't really want you cutting stuff and digging stuff. Um, so just, just learn the rules. Uh, it'd be a bummer to, you know, get in trouble for, for yeah. picking something you're not supposed to. Um, and then the, the uh, safety aspect is pretty – this one's kind of funny because th- this is where some of the, like, um, I guess aura of foraging comes in. It, you know, it's all about, like, well, you don't want to eat something and, and poison yourself. Or, um, and so I, I just always say that you should be 100% certain that uh, what you're going to pick is what you think it is, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You want pro- uh, proper ID, and then you want to just be certain that, that, that what the plant is is, is actually safe. Um, you know, there's, there's some plants that have, uh, edible parts and other parts of the plants, uh, could get you pretty sick. You know, we got like our, our, our blue elderberries where you can eat the berries when they're ripened, but if you, if you chew it on the stem and the leaf, probably not going to go well. So, um, just be a hundred percent certain of the ID and that the ID is safe. Uh, and then, yeah, the ethics is, um, ethics is one of those things where some people are going to have a model for it. You know, they'll, they'll say, um, only, pick 25% of this plant or, um, uh, some herbalists say, uh, don't pick grandmother and don't pick granddaughter, you know, leave the, leave the elders and leave, leave the youngsters. Um, but re- really, I, I'm more of the belief that, 
you, you should kind of create your own your own ethic. It's just nature is a little too fluid to me to be putting like super um, hard boundaries on it. You know, because each individual plant is gonna is gonna have its own ethic. Um, you can go out and pick as many dandelion leaves and flowers and roots, you know, to your heart's desire. And I, I don't think you're going to have a, a negative impact on that population. Right. Um, and so, you know, versus some plants like a, like a, a ramp, you know, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a wild leek sort of thing and sure. um, kind of oniony flavor, scallion type thing. And that, that's one where they take a few years to mature. And so if you're out there picking the bulbs, you know, the whole plant, the bulb and the leaf, it, it's possible to have an impact. Um, now, if you're in a valley where every hillside is blanketed in ramps, you know, you can be a little bit more uh, relaxed in terms of how much you're going to take. So, yeah, just just learning each individual plant and kind of their, their life cycle. Um, are, are, are they super weedy and, and prolific? Um, or do they take a few years to grow and, uh, and, and are heavily pressured, you know, like a ginseng or a golden seal? Mm-hmm. Um, you, those those are ones that you're going to want to be a little bit more careful with. But I would say learn the plants, you know, d- devise your own ethic, and then go out there and forage safely and legally. <laughs> yeah, and 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 yeah, it's and really it's uh, you know one of the nice things and one of the things I love about living in in this area is as well is that uh, you know we don't have to go very far in order to get out in the the wild, if you will, uh, to, you know, to find, um, these kinds of opportunities. You don't have to, you know, I, I'm, I'm in downtown lacrosse right now. It's I'm, I'm urban. I don't have to go very far. You know, I'm 10, 15 minutes. I'm, I'm out in the country and, and I could be doing this, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's pretty cool to me, you know, that, that I can connect with nature very, very quickly. And, uh, although I'm sure I can probably find things here in town, in the summertime, that that I'm sure I'd be surprised that to, to find uh, uh, find in town here that uh, would be you know I could forage as well, which which is still fascinating to me. Totally, yeah. I mean, you could you could easily fill a plate, you know, just just in the city. Um, any vacant lot's going to have stuff. Um, one thing I I I, for, I forgot to mention on on the safety aspect is. Um, it's not just identification that we're that that we want to be thinking about. It's also you know that that's going to help prevent us from uh, poisoning ourselves from the toxins that the plants may produce. You know, having that proper ID, but but there could be toxins you know on the plants or, or in the soil as well. So you know, kind of where you forage is is, mm-hmm. is a big deal too. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be picking dock leaves from the the uh, ditch off of I-90. You know, yeah. <laughs> just because yeah. of runoff and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, downhill of a porta potty is probably kind of gross. Uh, uh, yeah. So just, yeah. <laughs> just being mindful of, of, of where you're foraging, mm-hmm. um, you know, thinking about pesticides, herbicides, stuff like that, fertilizers. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, even just walking around the city is, you know, in, in the springtime, summertime, there's going to be elm buds, um, elm tamaras, which are like the, the young seeds of the elm, elm leaves or, 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 or uh, elm, tr- elm trees. Um, you could be tapping a, a maple tree this time of the year on your boulevard. Um, you could be uh, picking basswood buds this time of the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even just right downtown lacrosse, you're definitely going to find stuff. And most of the time, those are going to be kind of those what, what would be considered, quote, unquote, like, like the weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I it, could, it's definitely out there. Yeah, 
I, I, compl- yeah, I completely, yeah, I suppose, yeah, tapping tree, tapping maple trees for maple syrup, that I suppose would qualify as, uh, to a certain extent, as foraging, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, now let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, you know uh, again. I'm looking at your your Seekers Wild website here as well. It's just uh, SeekersWild dot com. Uh, now you offer classes in uh, in in foraging and, and uh, you know outdoor activities such as this uh, education programs. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. What's what sorts of things do you offer uh, to? Uh, and you've got programs for youths. And adults as well. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you offer as well. Yeah. So um, the the majority of what we do is is with youth, um, but but we definitely offer you know adult slash all all ages stuff. Um, we got a lot of summer camps coming up that are that are filling up quick for the kiddos, and then uh, we've got a weekend survival class coming up, which is just about full, and then we've got some uh, wild edible plant classes. Uh, I tend to offer three to three to four classes each spring uh, in a series, uh, and they're they're every other week to kind of to allow some change in the seasonality. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of let things uh, come into season. Um, and those are nice because you can sign up for one if you've got a Thursday evening. They're on Thursdays, um, or you can sign up for the whole lot and, and really get that full experience of of, of the changing seasons. Um, We'll occasionally offer a bow making class, but a lot, a lot of what we do is kind of focused around that those wilderness survival skills. Um, they've got many names, you know, whether it's bushcraft or this or that. But basically, just trying to get people outside and reconnected back to the natural world, and kind of the the, the carrot that we use to to tease them out there is survival skills, shelters and fire and foraging and traps and rope making and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's, and again, uh, and people can find, obviously find more information and, and, uh, and sign up for those programs uh, through the website as well. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And you, you again, uh, the other thing too, that, that I wanted to mention, if, if people wanted to find out, you know, we've, we've talked about foraging and, and, uh, you, you've, you've talked about, you know, identification and learning more about plants, you know, how exactly, uh, you know, you know, you're very knowledgeable about this subject. Um, you had to start somewhere. How did you get started in 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 you know learning about the plants and and learning about you know all these different uh, uh, you know variety you know the diversity in the, the the woods. Obviously, you know you had to have you know you you've spent time out there. But um, you know how did you learn about all of the you know different species and and you know what's edible and what's not. Uh, you know how did you learn about all of that? Definitely. Um, so lots and lots of ways, right? Um, whether it's from books, uh, colleagues, um, you know, mentors, uh, YouTube videos, <laughs> um, all sorts of stuff. But I would say just say surround yourself with as much info as you can. And, and, and really what's going to drive it is just basic curiosity, right? It, Cause it almost seems like, and you've probably experienced this, mm-hmm. but like as you're learning uh, new plants, it's almost like every question you answer about, the natural world it just brings up five more you know mm-hmm. um and and so i would say start with a good book um and then it really is just time you know time outside and in tracking they call it dirt time you know <laughs> all, all the minutes you, you spend just sit, sitting there looking at a track in the dirt and 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 so even if you're not out there like with book in hand 
and you know actively identifying stuff you just walk around your neighborhood or walking the local trails um and and just kind of paying attention you know trying to trying to separate out individual plants from that wall of green and and just kind of taking a little bit deeper look at what the bark on a tree looks like or what the what the leaves look like and then eventually it's it's kind of like getting to know people right like sometimes you pass somebody in the hallway and you're like i recognize that person but i i don't know their name necessarily i don't know their favorite food where they're from etc um and plants are kind of the same you know as as you're as you're walking around wild spaces and paying attention eventually you're going to go back to your uh plant book whether you buy one or borrow one or rent one from the library um or even go to a website right um Eventually, you're going to be like, oh, there's that plant. I recognize that. I saw that last week. And then you can do a little bit deeper research. And uh, is it edible? Is it safe? Can I use it for fibers, et cetera, et cetera? And, and then all of a sudden, you've got a new plant that you know. And, th- and that's what I was talking about in terms of amassing, you know, kind of a repertoire. And just, just try to learn every, you know, every new plant that, that, that you can. And, and understanding that you don't have to learn it all, you know, in one day. Um, one of my favorite uh, wild food authors, uh, Sam Thayer, um, he's, he's probably who I would su- suggest in terms of okay. starting out for, for books. Um, but he, he always talks about how foraging as a, as a whole skill set isn't, isn't one skill, right? Like e- each individual plant is its own individual skill. And so learning to identify it, um, learning what parts you can eat, learning when you can eat those parts, how to harvest, how to cook, so, so each plant, you know, is its own skill, and don't, don't, don't focus on like I have to learn everything, right? Just go outside, be curious, pay attention, and then follow up, follow it up with a little bit of research. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's that, that's uh, that's uh, that that's great advice, and uh, uh, that's uh, that's 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 very cool. I and and uh, yeah, that that's that. <laughs> that sums it up extremely well. That <laughs> and anything else, Derek? That uh, that 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 I've overlooked. That uh, uh, that that you want to touch on here? I think we've 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 covered a lot of covered a lot of, of ground here. That uh, uh, this morning, and and again, uh, uh, talking to Derek Barkham from uh, Seekers Wild, talking about foraging uh, this morning. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on here, and I'm sorry I'm kind of backtracking here just a, a little bit, is this something that you can do uh, year-round? Uh, obviously, we're, we're coming out of, of winter here or whatever. Is, is this something that, you know, obviously spring, things are starting to green up again here, uh, but is this something that you can do uh, year round, as far as uh, as far as foraging for for plants and things along those lines, or is it is it is winter time pretty 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 quiet in terms of 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 that kind of activity around here? For sure, I mean it, it definitely quiets quiets down, but it it it, it also doesn't completely stop either. Um, you know, this time of the year, most of the elm trees in this area are going to have some some buds on on them that that, that you could uh, strip off and eat. Um, I mentioned basswood trees. They've got some, some these little red buds on them that are a good survival food this time of the year. You know, ne- neither of these things are going to be like super full of flavor, <laughs> but you know they're gonna they're gonna add something to your you know your your uh, winter diet. Um, uh, there's a lot of seeds that are left on the stalks. You know, a lot of times uh, dock seeds, whether it's a yellow dock or a round leaf dock. Um, are going to have some seeds on there that you could uh, strip off and rub them to get the chaff off and then winnow them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some people just grind them with the chaff on and mix and make flour and make crackers out of them. Uh, there's there's some some inner barks, you know, some slippery elm. Um, again, the, the 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 maple trees, um, pine needles. Uh, pine needles are probably probably best uh, as a tea, especially in the springtime when when it's the uh, the young growth. But some some white pine midwinter steeped in some hot water will add something to the you know the winter menu. Um, and then uh, really, if you can find a place that that you can dig. Um, Obviously, most of the ground is frozen this time of year, but if you can find a nice south-facing slope or, or, or a spot that gets a lot of sun. Um, one of my favorite root vegetables is a plant called hopness, mm-hmm. H-O-P-N-E-S-S, I think, hopness. And uh, it's, a, it's a, a viney plant that grows in, like, low, kind of wet, hardwood uh, bottomland forests. It likes to go around uh, elderberries and uh, it's got an underground tuber that kind of, that grows like a chain of beads, so it's kind of like skinny root and then a, a little uh, tuber about sometimes around the size of an egg, and it's kind of like a good an, uh, analog for a, for a potato, and and they're actually uh, harvestable year round. So if if you can dig, you can you can get out and get some hotness. <laughs> Interesting, fascinating. I I never knew that. Cool. And, cool. and we're we're real close to to stuff popping up like you mentioned. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna have yeah. uh, stinging nettles real soon, fiddlehead ferns, mm-hmm. um, or ostrich ferns. Um, so there's there's gonna be stuff popping real soon. Yeah, I was gonna say this. I mean, we're we're really starting to come into the the time of year where things are really starting to to to, to pick up in terms of of uh, you know growth and and really you know obviously it's spring and and things are really going to start to green up here very very quickly yep absolutely exactly anything else derek that uh that 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 you wanted to add that uh that i haven't touched on uh no just get out there and and be curious and if you do decide to go down the the foraging path you know just do it ethically um it's i i think foraging has some some misconceptions around it you know mm-hmm. um a lot of folks think well if you allow certain foraging people are going to come and ravage the land and that you know the vast majority of the time uh that that's just not true and a lot mm-hmm. a lot of times foraging plant populations will actually have a a beneficial growth um one kind of example that gets brought up sometimes is uh some people are anti uh berry claws or berry strippers and it's kind of just like rake tool um, that you can use to like uh, harvest blueberries much faster than doing it by hand. Mm-hmm. And if we think about how uh, blueberries are forged, you know, naturally, I don't think I don't think the black bear is going in there and picking the blueberries one by one with his, <laughs> you know, with his little paws. He's he, he's he's raking those blueberry bushes, and and obviously we want to be careful and ethical, but a lot of the plants do pretty good getting getting forged. You know, mm-hmm. we even. We even forage our, our house plants and our garden plants sometimes by, you know, we'll prune them or cut them back or, or, or even thin out our seedlings. And so as long as you understand the plants and their growth cycles and, and you have a connection with them, you're, you're probably inherently going to be doing it ethically and, and, and giving foragers a, a good name. So get out there and get after it. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the other reasons, too, that I, that I did want to bring it up, and, and again, looking at your website, you've, you've got – youth programs as well is that it is a, a family it can be a, a family activity as well getting children involved getting families involved with this as well 
Oh yeah, def- definitely. And especially, uh, you had mentioned the the morel mushrooms coming up here pretty soon. I've I've found that 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 kids are great foragers. You know, they're <laughs> they've got great eyesight. They're curious. They've got a lot of energy. They're low to the ground. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, they they they're they're, they're down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and they just have a, a a great enthusiasm for it too. So I think they they naturally gravitate towards that that mystique of kind of like you mentioned, like the mystique of being able to go out into nature and pick something and eat it is is pretty cool, especially to the to the kiddos. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, and that's and that's awesome. Well, well, Derek, I, I've got to run here, but uh, again, I I really appreciate you being here, and and, and thank you for uh, for joining me on the program today and and, and talking uh, about this. Uh, again, uh, I, I think it's a, a fascinating topic and, and certainly uh, an activity that, uh, um, that, that people can enjoy and, uh, and, and do so uh, you know, ethically and responsibly and uh, enjoyably uh, as well. So again, I, I really appreciate you, you spending some of your Saturday morning with me and uh, uh, talking a little bit about this. So thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye bye. And that's uh, Derek Barkheim uh, from uh, Seekers Wild, uh, the website. Again, it's uh, just seekerswild.com. And uh, he uh, it talks about uh, their upcoming classes and uh, uh, programs and things like that. Uh, it's uh, a great place to connect with that, to learn more about uh, uh, what, uh, what he's offering and uh, find out more. It is 854. I've got to take a break. Be back in just a moment here. We've been chatting for a while here. Oh, my goodness. We've been a half hour already. So back in just a few moments on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM.